Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we have a lot to sing about this holiday season, amen? And here's the thing, it doesn't matter if you feel like joy's happened in your life, you can sing that by faith because of what God has done through his son, amen? Amen, let's just give a shout of joy one more time before we sit down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, before you sit down, let's give our student ministry band one big round of applause for sharing that song with us. All right. All right, you can be seated, be seated. Hey, thanks for coming out today, everybody. We are blessed that you're here. Here's what we know, here's what we know, that it's always more refreshing, more fulfilling to be in the presence of the Lord than the presence of your bed. I just appreciate you guys coming out all the time. I want to welcome everybody that's streaming with us. So uh, if you can't make it, then jump online, be a part of the service. Or if you're traveling for the holidays, make sure you got family and friends, connect with us. We're hoping that you're here. If you're here, you're here. Uh, so just want to let you know, next Sunday morning, we got a little bit of a change. It is the 24th. So we have one service only at 11, and it will be a candlelight service. And then again, at 6 p.m., a candlelight service. Just so we know that the holiday times, the, the uh, schedules can get a little crazy. We want to make something that you and your family can participate in. We're hoping that you're going to make our candlelight service or things that we have around here part of your Christmas tradition. So come out and be a part of that with us. Again, just one service on Sunday morning at 11, a candlelight type service, and then again at six. And you can find all that out through the app or online. Make sure you're checking and all that. Amen. Hey, before we get going in the service, I wanted to share a few things. I just appreciate so much the, the people here at Tree of Life and your heart, your generosity, especially in the holiday season. <clears throat> and I just want to highlight a few things for you. I think are just awesome. Um, this weekend, we had uh, two of our groups, small groups, life groups, get together and go to a nursing home and just share the love and joy of Jesus. So, man, let's just give them a big round of applause. That's a big, that's a big deal. I love that. And let me, that's special. Anytime you go to a nursing home or assisted living, can I tell you, if you've ever had somebody there, we appreciate the heart of these people going and loving on those people. And it was just the greatest gift that could be brought, just the time and attention that was there. And so um, if you have a heart for that, jump in on that life group. There's actually two groups together making that happen. I want to just recognize you guys participated by buying wreaths for wreaths across America. And so that took place this weekend. On the far left, you can see Carson Baker, our audio engineer. Amen. He's actually... He's actually Coast Guard. So you see all service branches, five branches represented there. So uh, can we give one more big shout out to the military? How about that? Thank you, thank you. Man, God bless you. God bless you. And can I, can I just say this? I, my dad was in the Army for years uh, when I was a little growing up, um, so we didn't experience it later in life. But can I tell you, the holiday season, what a big sacrifice our military makes during the holiday. Many of you that have been in the military, you, you perhaps have been stationed overseas in different countries, and even in combat times. And so maybe away from your family or your family has relocated and things haven't uh, been, you haven't been able to be with family and friends. So just thank you so much for your sacrifice every single day. And so we need to be so grateful for what they do and remember them in our prayers all times throughout the year, not just in these seasons. And then I want to let you know, we got some pictures from some of our Tree of Lifers uh, ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. So we had 66 Tree of Lifers at eight locations one day, taking over, ringing the bell. So man, that's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you real quick why I love that. I don't know if you know this or not, but if those kettles aren't manned by volunteers, they actually have to pay people. And so for at least at eight locations for 66 people, 
all those kettles were fully funded. <laughs> well, they weren't paying for volunteers there, so it didn't take away from any of that. And so I just think that's wonderful to be able to do that. But I want to just encourage you, here's a plug for next year to get signed up. Maybe we can take some more locations. But if you've never been a bell ringer, can I tell you, it's really actually kind of fun because looking at people as they walk past you, not wanting to make eye contact, right? Are they a little awkward? Are they? And when I do it, when I've done it with my girls for years, it's like, oh, hey, Pastor Don, just in shock, and they'll come out the other door of Walmart, right? It's like, where'd they go? They're in there a long time. They come out, went out the other door. Uh, just kidding. But uh, I, I end up actually getting, they feel they fill that bucket up. So that's a blessing for sure. But um, what a great way to serve and participate. And I just want to appreciate you guys in doing that. And then also today, as you walk out in the gathering place, you'll see some tables that we have several families that are participating and delivering gifts that you were so generously purchased. You provided uh, Christmas gifts for 108 kids that wouldn't have Christmas otherwise. So thank you so much for your generosity. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what it's all about, being the hands and feet of Jesus. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. Um, just, again, being a tree laughed to lost and hurting world. So thank you for that. Okay, uh, you ready for the word this morning? Amen. Turn to Luke 2, Luke 2 for me. Uh, you know, so in getting ready for the Christmas message, the Christmas season, um, you know, we all are pretty familiar with the Christmas story for the most part. We've, in some way, shape, or form, uh, we're pretty familiar with the Christmas story. And I always find it interesting <clears throat> when you get ready for like, a Christmas message, if you will, and looking at the Christmas story, it doesn't need another angle. I don't believe that. I, I think it's, it's standalone. It's the greatest story ever told, amen? It's the greatest story in the history of man and always will be. And we recognize that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, the savior of the world, to save us from our sins, to pay for our sins. There, there couldn't be anything greater to experience or to express, but, but I always think God always puts other messages, other stories within a story. And so we kind of took a little bit of a different lens last week and looked at it. What might that also mean for us? Because we know that God um, deposited something amazing inside Mary and partnered with Joseph. They did something incredible for the world and they, they, she birthed the savior of the world and then they raised that son and then um, God did amazing things through him. And I just think, you know, there's a great story there that we should understand at Christmas time. It's not just about of course, that's the primary, the priority about Jesus being birthed on this earth and doing something amazing and something great as God deposited something special in Mary. It's re realizing that Christmas also says to you and I that God deposits things inside of you and I that he wants to be birthed that will be a blessing to people around about us. And so God is a good and loving and faithful God and he values you and he loves you so much. He puts things inside of you, things that you don't even know or realize that are incredible, that are wonderful, that are, that are amazing things. And, and then Christmas tells us that he, that he wants us to trust him and, and birth those things out so there'll be a blessing to all those around about us and even ourselves. And I think really that's the Christmas story also. And so when we look at today's passages, we're looking at the same ones we did last week. But we're going to look at them and pull out some different truths. So actually, last week, you know, we had the children's uh, songs happening and some announcements and things. And I said to you that we were going to hopefully experience a Christmas miracle because I had 19 minutes and 50 seconds left. And actually, I did that. I, 19, it was a Christmas miracle last week. Amen. We're believing for another one this week. I got a little more time. But in having to get through some things, there's some things in, in those passages I really feel that we're not done with yet. Have you ever been there? You've read stuff and you've gone back to the Bible. The Bible's alive. Amen. And so you can read the same passage over and over again. The Holy Spirit keeps pulling things out. And so as I was <clears throat> praying about last week's message and studying, there's just some other things I think God wants to express to us. So some of this will sound familiar. I don't want to necessarily review. You can go online for that. 
But there's some really powerful truths in the Christmas story, the story within the story, that I think that we can pull out also, that I believe that will encourage you and bless you and help us move forward in life. Now, we know that this is not the most wonderful time of the year for some people, and that's just the truth of it, honestly. In, in fact, without going through all the statistics that can be done at Christmas, there really is, it really can become a challenging time. And so uh, what happens is a lot of times it looks different than what we ever planned or hoped. We come to the end of the year here at Christmas time and we see our life is not what we'd planned or what we'd expected. And in fact, as I look out over the auditorium, I know several of you, um, <clears throat> life is very different this Christmas. And even things have happened or transpired very recently. And there's some I know that have happened, things have happened years ago, and so there's still some places that in us we come to this moment in time that, that maybe we have some remembrances, some hurt. Maybe there's a loss of some sort. Maybe you have an empty chair at the table this year. Uh, maybe you have uh, a different, you be, you, maybe you've had a job loss this year and you never thought at Christmas that you'd be without work. Uh, may, maybe your relationship looks different. Maybe there's a breakup or a separation or a divorce and now you're having to deal with different circumstances and things that you'd never planned and never wanted to. Uh, maybe you got a diagnosis from the doctor of some sort or maybe, you know, again, you're just some disappointments and some dreams that you had some goals and they weren't met and regardless, or maybe things are great and everything, everything is as you hoped and everything is as you expected. And I just want to tell you that at Christmas time, God likes to change things up. And God likes to birth something great in and through you. And so wherever you find yourself in life, I want you to look through the lens this weekend of Christmas time being a time that God wants to birth something great in and through us on this earth. And so uh, let's take a look at Luke 2, um, going back to the beginning of our story last week. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, fulfilling biblical prophecy, in fact. He went there to register, here's the purpose, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Everybody had to do this. So he was going about his business. While they were there, the time came, I asked you this last week, say this with me, the time came, the time came. God has a time for everything. The time came. Their plan was different. They were on a journey uh, to give birth, and all of a sudden what God wanted to happen happened. The time came. And so I just want you to know that I really feel that this Christmas, this is what was rolling around in me as I was setting this out, and I'm using this as my own declaration. The time has come. The time has come. I don't know where you are in life, and I don't know what has happened or transpired, good or not so good. Can I say this? Because we're at Christmas time, according to the Christmas story, the time has come. And even if you're saying this in faith, the time has come. Even if you have to say this to encourage yourself, the time has come. Even if you have to say this to pick your head up out of that sadness or depression or despair that you found yourself in, the time has come. Even if you've experienced some amazing things this year, and this has been the best year of your life, can I tell you, with God, he can always do more. The time has come for something amazing, exciting to happen in your life to be birthed out in this world. The time has come. It goes on to say, We can go on. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. For that which God deposited in Mary, that which was of the Lord to be expressed to mankind, that which he desired to be out and to be a blessing to all, the time had come for that to be expressed, to be given, to be birthed. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth, linen cloth, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them at the inn. The time has come. The time came for something amazing that God deposited into this precious girl to be blessed and shared with the entire earth. God put something, deposited something in there that she was to birth. The time was come, has come for it to come forth again. I believe that's our declaration this Christmas. I know that's mine for my family, myself. The time has come to give birth to what God has put inside of us. 
Maybe we've been holding on to some things for a long time or for, year, for years. Maybe, maybe our plans changed so we didn't think some things were possible. And can I tell you, with God, all things are possible. Amen? And the parents of Jesus here on earth, earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, had their plans changed. They were headed in a completely different direction before the angel came to make an announcement to them. They were newly to be married. They were going to be married. So as any soon-to-be-married couple would do, surely they made plans. And, and you know, he was looking forward to his job as a carpenter in his shop and maybe putting a deposit down somewhere or what that might look like and spending life together. And then all of a sudden, the angel showed up to make some announcements and everything changed. You know, things don't always work out the way that we thought. Our plans can be drawn and, and we can look at them and plan all we can and put things in place. But, you know, sometimes God wants to just come and bring a little different path for us, a little different course for us. They were unprepared. Who's ever really prepared for all the plans that God has for us? God can interrupt, will interrupt your life. And there comes times when he does that. The time has come for something great. The time has come for something great in our life. And, you know, Christmas time is a time for new beginnings. Amen. And here's why I like Christmas so much, because it comes right before New Year's. And I think if we look through the lens of Christmas, the time has come to birth something new. It helps us as we roll into the new year. That's why we make resolutions. That's why we make all these promises that we don't keep. That's that's why we go to the gym and and we keep paying for seven years and then finally cancel it or whatever. It's like, I'm the favorite gym member that Planet Fitness keeps, they keep harassing me now. Like, leave me alone, I'm not coming back. You have enough of my money and not enough of my presence. (laughs) And so the time has come to birth something new, to new hopes, new dreams, new things in our hearts and our life that God has deposited there. Parents of Jesus had other plans and God interrupted them. Let's take a look at Joseph, Matthew 1, 8. 18, actually, Matthew 1, 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Tough thing for him to try and explain to his friends and family. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. He had plans, plans changed with the announcement of the angel, with the Holy Spirit depositing the Son of God in Mary, and now all of a sudden, he has another plan. This isn't working out the way I thought, things would change. And so now he has another plan, and he's planning to, to, to depart her quietly, to divorce her quietly, the Bible says. It goes on to say, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he'll save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now hold on for a second. Here we see as the angel is speaking to Joseph, Joseph plans, all of a sudden he's reconsidering. So he had to change his mind on where he was going before he was able to change his actions. But now the angel is telling him this is fulfillment of a prophecy. And now listen, he's speaking to Joseph's purpose, not his plan. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He will come and live among us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home to be his wife. He did what was commanded him. He was obedient. Why was he obedient? Because he realized that God had a purpose beyond his plan. He realized God had a bigger purpose than his plan. And listen to what it says in 25. But he did not consummate their marriage until after she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name of Jesus. He stuck, or he, he stuck to God's purpose. 
So listen, and last week we, we looked at this, Joseph's obedience, but here's what I believe, why I believe Joseph could be, obedience, could be obedient rather, in the midst of a plan that perhaps would not, would not make sense to anybody. It's because he realized that God had a greater purpose than his plan. And see, understand that when the angel spoke to him, he said, this is what was to happen, which was spoken by the prophet. Before Joseph was ever on the planet, God had a purpose for Joseph's life. Before you were ever conceived, the Bible says, God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for your life. He has something great and amazing he wants you to do and fulfill. And just because your plans seem distant or different or change or you feel unprepared does not change the purpose of God for your life. Your plans may change, but God's purpose purpose never changes. And you may feel because of your plan, you cannot accomplish or fulfill anything significant. Can I tell you, with God, all things are possible, and God's purpose is always greater than your plan. Why could Joseph just obediently follow this want and desire of God? It's because I believe he recognized or he accepted that God had a greater, plan, a greater purpose than his plan. I, I don't know where you find yourself today, and things probably aren't the way that you had planned them. And even in the midst of this, Joseph changes plan, and then he changes plan back. But what never changes, what never ever changes, is the purpose of God for your life. And I wanna encourage you, no matter where you find yourself, because it happens, uh, things that have happened or circumstances, you are valuable to the, to the purposes of God. You are significant to the purpose of God. God needs you. God wants you. God has deposited something significant and amazing inside of you. Your purpose is greater than the disappointments that have happened. Your purpose is, is greater than the losses you've suffered. Your purpose, none of that has changed the purpose God has for you. No matter what you think about it, no matter what people have told you about it, no matter what you feel about it, that, none of that has changed the purpose that God has for your life. And that is to do something amazing, to birth something amazing and significant that this world needs you to birth. God's purpose is always greater than your plan. Plans change, but God's purpose doesn't. And so what Joseph got a hold of is the purpose of God. God's purpose for him was established. And again, I, I love that when the angel refers to the uh, prophet was, had spoke of this years ago, and lets all of us know, lets Joseph know, lets all of us know, that the purpose of God for your life was planned from the beginning of time. And the circumstances you've experienced or are experiencing or face, whether you've had a hand in those or not, has not changed God's purpose for your life. You still have something great and valuable to birth to this earth. And that's part of the Christmas story. <clears throat> in fact, take a look at Proverbs 19:21. Here's what the Bible says. Many, say many. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Plans come, plans go, plans change, things happen, but God has a purpose greater than man's plan. God has a purpose greater than the plan that you have for your own life, so stay focused on God's purpose. Plans change, God never does, amen? And when we understand our purpose, then we can push through the, the pain to birth that which God has put inside of us. So Joseph accepted his purpose and obeyed God. He did what the angel commanded. So let's take a look at Mary really quick in Luke 1, 28 through 38. It says this, the angel went to her, to Mary, and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What a great greeting. We all would want to hear that one day, the angel will show up one day and say that to us. 
But listen to her response, or look at her response. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. We said this last week, it's almost like when you have someone come up to you and say, you know what, you're so wonderful, you're so great, you're so awesome, I just I want you to know I appreciate you, and you're like, okay, what do you want? No, come on, get to the point, wait for the other shoe to drop, kind of, right? Love that greeting, so Mary's like, because Mary's already processing in her head, but the angel says to answer her question, don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God, everything's good, no worries, this is a good thing. And it's almost like he just rolled through it. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so Mary's response then, because she's processing all this, how will this be, Mary asks, since I am a virgin? How is this be so really, because I'm not really qualified? How will this be because I'm not really prepared? How will this be because I didn't really plan for this? How will this be because this doesn't make sense to my brain? How will this be because I can't see a way that this is even possible? Can I tell you, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And here's where I like, here's actually the spot. I like, it's almost like the angel didn't even pay attention. It was like one of those things. Wait, can you hold on a second, Mary? I'll get there. You're getting ahead of me a little bit, right? Kind of we'll see that exchange. Hold on, Mary. And he goes, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. So it's not even really about you, your ability or inability to do or not do anything. It's about God's ability, amen? It's always about God's ability, not yours. And so he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, and if you need a little more info, your relative is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Listen to verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Amen. No word from God will ever fail. Can we all say this together on the count of three? One, two, three. For no word from God will ever fail. Can we say it like you mean it now this time? We had a practice run at it. Ready? One, two, three. For no word from God will ever fail. This Christmas, no word from God will ever fail. This Christmas, no word from God will ever fail. You know what that was? That was a promise. In fact, you know what, what ought to, the angel ought to just put on there? God promises. You might as well because that's exactly what it is. It is the promise of God. And see, what was enabled Joseph to take this information with all his shortcomings and other plans and to accept what God had for the purpose for our life. For Mary, she had to accept the promise of God. Where Joseph was accepting that God had a purpose greater than my plan, and Mary was accepting that God had a promise greater than my plan. And it goes on to say this. Let's just finish out the passage. For I am the Lord's servant. When you got a promise, come on, when you got a promise from God, you can take that to the bank. When you got a promise from God, you can say, be it unto me, Lord. When you got a promise from God, you can push through the pain of birthing something great. When you got a promise of God, you can believe the impossible. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me, may your word be to me. Well, you read it. Then the angel left her. Okay. My mouth gets faster than my brain. It gets me in trouble sometimes. Joseph accepted God had a purpose greater than his plan. Mary accepted God had a promise greater than her plan. Can I tell you today, God has a purpose greater than anything that you've ever planned. And things may not be what you've planned, but God's purpose is greater. And can I tell you, whatever you think, whatever you've experienced, whatever you've discounted yourself from, whatever you've gotten into, and whatever you feel like you've lost out on, God has a promise that changes not. God never changes. And he has a promise, and God always keeps his promise. 
So let's accept that God has something, a purpose greater than our plan. Let's accept the promise of God and God is able to perform it and watch over it. Joseph needed a purpose. Mary needed a promise. It's time for a change. <clears throat> Sometimes we need to hold on to that. Luke 2, 6 through 7. Let's go back to this one real quick. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. The time's for the baby to be born. The baby's coming. Verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them at the inn. You know what? Sometimes I think our struggle with, even if we'll settle the issue, God has something great. Despite what life looks like now, despite what we've gone through, God wants to and has deposited something great inside each and every one of us. The Bible clearly says that. And so I believe Christmas time is a reminder that God wants to birth something in and through us something of significance, but can we all say that, not from experience perhaps, but moms help me out on this one, birthing something is painful. Come on moms, that was your chance. Come. I know Mother's Day's not right here yet, but set it up, all right? Birthing something can be painful. That's what they call it, labor. Labor pains, that we know that. But understand what was revealed in Joseph and what was revealed in Mary is the thing that enables us, the things that enable us, in fact, to push through the pain to birth or or to release that which God has deposited in us is understanding the purpose he has for our life and then holding on to the promise. If you hold on to the purpose that God has for your life, which is greater than your plan, and the promise which God has, which is greater than your plan, then maybe, just maybe that will help you push through the the pain But the reality is, when and where something's birthed, the birthing place can cause us some trouble. It can can discourage us. The the birthing place can can steal our focus, steal steal our purpose, steal our promises. We let it because if we're talking about a birthing place, we'll talk it in terms of a physical place. But understand, it can be a place where you just might say, you know, I'm just not at the right place right now. You know, I know God wants to do something great in me, but this isn't just, this isn't a good time. You know, it would really be better if I birth this, <laughs> it's not that I don't want to, because I know God's great and he's got something great and he's promised me this, but I, but I just don't feel it's the right time, right place in my life right now. Come on, how many times have we not released what God has wanted us to release because we have talked ourselves in to the birthing place just isn't right right now? That's true. But birthing places can be scary places where you're at in life. And birthing places are, are not pretty places. They're not, not always pretty places. I mean, think about Mary. Uh, it sounds like when it says a stable or whatever your translation might say, that sounds kind of not like the inn, but can I tell you, history tells us it was like a cave. It was a place dug out of the rock, a dirty, nasty, dark cave. Can you imagine, Mary, when it's time, the time has come? Well, hold on a second. Not in this dirty, dark cave. This isn't where I pictured having a baby. This isn't where I pictured birthing something, God. I mean, there's no room at the end. This can't be the time right now. We, surely we need to get like to the birthing center or we need to get to at least to the end. Uh, what about that? There, my mom's not here. Come on, ladies, you appreciate when your mom's in the birthing place, right? His mom's not here. You may not like his mommy. I don't know. Anyways, his, right there. Okay. Okay, anyways, I, I better go. I'll get in trouble if I keep going out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to keep moving. He, I don't have any friends or family here to support me. How about this one? I'm all alone. How, how can, I, how, how can I, I birth this? God, I, I feel so alone right now. I, I don't have anybody. How, how can I do this? It, it seems impossible. 
the, the birthing place just isn't right. This isn't the right place right now for me. But, but what about what I've done? I, I, I don't feel like I can, I, I don't feel like I'm, I, I don't feel like I should. I, I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. Or, or just even how about, no, I want the nice place. I want everything nice and neat. I want it all tidy. I want doctors and nurses there. I want an epidural. You know, she didn't have an epidural. I, I don't want all that. I need all, I need all that. Maybe not everything. Can I tell you the birthing place can be a scary place and if we're not careful, the birthing place can keep us from ironically giving birth to that which God has deposited in us. Birth itself is not pretty. From what I understand, it's hard. It hurts while I was in the room. People cry in the birthing places. I did. Um, people almost die in birthing places. I did. No. <laughs> my hand. And um, it takes all your strength when you're in a birthing place. You can't worry about how you look in a birthing place. Doesn't matter how dressed up you go, they put you in one of those gowns anyways, right? It's like, okay. You can't worry about what people are saying in a birthing place. When you're in a birthing place, you use everything you've got every ounce of strength, every ounce of energy. You turn red in the face, you sweat, you yell, you scream, you push with all your might, with everything you got. There's really an order to get out what God has placed and deposited in you. It's gonna take everything you have. You don't, you don't give birth on half effort. Just a, a little bit of a trying, a, a little bit of pushing. And here's the thing, a lot of times people don't birth what God has deposited them and they blame God. Blame God? He's the one who wants it out. It's that we didn't, we didn't maybe push hard enough. We, we maybe didn't wanna push through the pain. We, we, we didn't wanna push through the disappointment. Push through the fear. Push through the feelings of aloneness, push through the feelings of insecurity, push through the feelings of, of low self-esteem. But remember, it's not about you, it's about God, what God wants to birth. And so if we'll get to that place of accepting God has a purpose greater than our plan and a promise greater than our plan, and we're willing to look beyond the birthing place and to push and give it everything we have, then we can birth something great that God has deposited and the world needs to see and experience. You have to knuckle down and give it everything. Birthing places can be scary. I'm, re- I'm reminded of when uh, my wife gave birth, we're one, when we had a baby. Right. See, men say when we have a baby, but come on, I really was just in charge of the ice chips. But when we had, we had a baby, I remember going to McKenna. It was McKenna at the day. It's Christmas now. So we were there and we signed up for Lamaze. How many of you guys remember Lamaze? Yeah. So we did it the first time. We did it the second time, but <clears throat> we were pros, right? And so we did Lamaze. And so we went to the birthing center in McKenna at that time. It was being remodeled. And so it was, the room they put us in was in some semblance of construction, and there's probably 10 couples in the class. It was, it was actually kind of fun because one of the couples, uh, the guy was an associate pastor at Oakwood, and, uh, and then one was a buddy I went to high school with, and so and a couple, some other couples. So we were sitting there. We had to bring blankets and pillows, and we sat around in a circle on the floor, and it really kind of a bare kind of room, and, and it was, uh, again, under construction. And, but it was nice. She created a nice mood. She, she brought the lights down, and, and the music was softly playing, and, and she was just talking talking to us about, you know, rubbing her shoulders, sitting behind her on pillows and rubbing your spouse's shoulder and all that kind of stuff and just creating this mood. And all of a sudden, just before I was ready to fall asleep, um, all of a sudden, this blood-curdling scream from the next room came. And this lady apparently was over in the next room giving birth. And she was screaming at the top of her lungs. And we all were startled. Every man in that room, I think, face went completely white. 
And then I'm rubbing Jessamy's shoulders like, thank God I don't give birth. Thank God I'm not giving birth. Thank God I'm not giving birth. <laughs> I was a real support. I was trying to massage her ears so she can't. Don't listen to her, honey. Don't listen to her. She screamed. And I wanted to ask the, the lady in there, did she have Lamaze? Because if she did, I want my money back. Because that ain't working. So we're in there, and, and, and all of a sudden, we keep hearing these contractions, these screams, and, and the nurse kept going, leaving the room and coming back and leaving the room, kind of super excited, almost like giddy. It was kind of weird, kind of creepy almost. And we're like sitting on the floor and all this stuff, and we're, she leaves the room, and we're all like, oh my gosh, just talking to each other. And, and then so she comes back, you're not going to believe this. This has never happened before. This is amazing. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Like, she knew we were ready to run. I mean, I was like... So she comes back in, wheeling this cart. Now we're all seated on the floor. She comes back in, wheeling this cart. So we can't see what's in it. There's this like tub at the top of it. And she goes, come here, class. Come here, come here, come here. Like we're little kids in first grade, going to see a science project. And she goes, come here, come here. And we walk up to the tray and look in there. And oh my goodness, what was in that tray? But that lady's placenta. Are you kidding me? Who does that? Ah, what? I'm there, I, I just, and I don't handle that stuff well anyways, and I'm like, the next thing I know, my wife's telling me, okay, breathe, honey, breathe. Here, have a nice chip. Have a nice chip, it'll be okay, breathe, honey. That's a placenta. I couldn't believe it. Like, that's gonna help us encourage, the lady next door screaming, now we can see her after birth. That's a, it's a beautiful thing. The birthing place became this torture chamber of horror. Couldn't believe it. So we're driving home, and all I could think about was the placenta, and I was driving home. I felt so bad, I told my wife I had to repent. I'm so sorry, honey, I looked at another woman's placenta. I just, I felt so dirty. I don't know, I was like, I don't know what happened. I don't, like, oh my gosh. Man. Birthing places can be scary places. I'm gonna finish this story, because it actually, believe it or not, it gets funnier. I know. True story, by the way. So, that, you know, that, I, I don't know what they were, the lady, maybe she gets commission, but then she started signing everybody up for epidurals. I don't know, that was, I'll take one. I was asking for, can I have one? I have it now, I have it right now. So come back, so uh, not less, less than two weeks later, Jessamy goes into labor and um, she starts having contractions. Really funny, we're, we're in the bathroom at the house and, and she goes, I, I, I think my water broke. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you think your water broke? And um, she goes, I think my water broke. And um, she was in the shower. I was like, how could you tell? And she's like, trust me. I'm like, okay. So we get the stuff and we, we head to the hospital and we were blessed that the, the, the actual labor wasn't as long as a lot of people experience, unfortunately. It was, it was nice to not have a really, really lengthy one. And so and I shared last week the story about when it was time for her to get the epidural and she asked the nurse and the nurse checks you first and she had passed the point that she could have one and, and so she pushed through and, and you know, Callie was born and then the second time obviously with Camry. But so it was a, a long day nonetheless and so we're in the birthing room the birthing place and I'm exhausted. I'm just, I just, I'm exhausted. So, honey, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go home and lay down and I'm, I'm hungry and um, I'm not going to eat the jello stuff they're feeding you. I'm going to go home. I'm going to stop at a restaurant because who knows when we'll go to a restaurant again for a while with a little baby. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe a while before we get in a restaurant. And so I went and had a nice dinner, <laughs> had a nice dinner, went home, laid down, went to bed, get up the next morning. I'm headed back to the uh, hospital, to the birthing room. And I stopped and drove through to get my wife something to eat. And and walking up and just getting ready to walk in the door um, that I'd left the night before um, the birthing room. And um, all of a sudden I'm opening the door, I'm hearing this screaming from the inside. This just screaming, yelling from the inside. I'm like, oh my gosh, is she having another one? And I thought, it's the placenta. That's what she's, I don't, 
And so I just barge in the room and I get about halfway to the bed and I look up and I realize it's not my wife. That's not my wife. And so I'm in shock. I left her here the night before. I come back. I'm right there. Keep going. You're doing good. I, I just, and all of a sudden, and me, I just didn't know what to do in the moment. I just, I don't do good on spur of the moment stuff. And I, no one's paying attention to me. They're all looking. The, the, the lady's giving birth. And all of a sudden, I didn't know. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I said, excuse me. And so the lady looks up. The man looks up and all this stuff. And then the nurse just looks at me. And I said this. I said, I'm looking for my wife. I left her in here last night. She's not here. And so the nurse just grabs me by the arm. Sir, you shouldn't be in here. And, and I know I should, but at that point, I'm looking for my wife. But then I felt some obligation because I, I saw the man with this scared look on his face like I had. And I, I just wanted to shout back to him, stay away from the placenta. And I'll tell you about that. So I walk out the room and I find just me. And um, I said, you're never going to believe what happened. And... Um, Anyways, I was looking for the nurse for a suggestion box because I wanted to suggest that when they redesign birthing rooms again, maybe it would be better not to have the um, birthing part face the door. That just was a, maybe a, a great suggestion, I thought, but nonetheless, I guess you're not really expecting people just to walk in. Birthing places can be scary places. It can be scary places. I get that. Stable, manger, no room at the end, dark, cold, alone. It's not what she would want. Different circumstances, different time. We all want to be in a nice, warm, cozy, pretty place, but that's just not life. You don't need a room at the inn. You don't need ideal conditions because you'll never experience them. You don't need to be surrounded by everybody. You don't need everything to just fall perfectly in line. You can give birth to what God put in you anywhere, anytime, right here, right now, just as you are. He takes you just as you are. Don't discount yourself because you feel you're at a, a not a pretty birthing place in your life. Don't count yourself out. Don't miss out on what God wants to birth in and through you. The Christmas story. He's deposited something great inside of each and every one of us that we need to birth for this world to be blessed. You can give birth to what God has put in you anytime, anywhere. If you think you're not in a good place, the right place, that's the perfect time to give birth. If God put it in there, it doesn't matter what the birthing place looks like. It doesn't matter what place you find your life in or what other people think. It needs to come out. Matthew 121 says this. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was birthed. Mary birthed that which God had deposited in her and it blessed the whole world and still does. What God has deposited in you is for a purpose greater than yourself and he has a promise that you can hold on to and if you will push through the pain and push through the birthing place situation, you can birth something great that will not only be a blessing to you but everyone round about you. That's the Christmas message. Push through the pain and birth what God has put inside of you. I mean, just God puts something inside of you to impact those around you, but not just those around you, but know this. It would not be unusual for that which God has put in you to be the very thing that rescues you. Maybe the thing that God wants you to deliver will be the thing that delivers you. And I'm reminded of the Mary Did You Know song. What she delivered 
delivered her, delivered all of mankind. Maybe that dream that's inside of you that God wants you to give birth to will be the thing that will help pull you to your destiny. Maybe the vision that God has put inside of you will be the thing that will change your life forever. It wouldn't be unusual for God to use what you deliver to deliver you and those around about you. I think one of the greatest things about the Christmas story is a reminder to us that God is depositing amazing things in all of us that this world desperately needs, that we need to have the courage to push through the pain. And not only will your purpose be greater than your plan, not only is the promise greater than your plan, but there's a power available for you to walk through it. And I thought of this, the baby born with his back against the wood of the manger is the same one who died with his back against the wood of the cross. A helpless baby with his back against the wood of a manger was a strong man who carried his own cross and died there for your sins. He endured the cross. The same baby born and wrapped in linen cloth in a manger is the same one who unwrapped the linen cloth off his body when he rose again in resurrection power. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. So this Christmas, push through the pain of change and birth what God has placed in you. Accept that he has a purpose for your life greater than your plan. Believe in the promise he has given you and walk in the power he has provided. That's a Christmas story. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.